Hey guys, welcome to Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things, a podcast about how to get through life and find God in every season. I hope this episode finds you well and that you've had a great week. But if you're like me, maybe you've been struggling a little bit. Well, these last two years have been super intense. So many times I've been just down in the valley and it's like, you know, you're going along and you're barely hanging on. And then just right as you're going under completely getting ready to sink, the Lord will bring you up for air. And then when you've had that short break where, you know, you find that grace for the moment you go back down under the water again and you head into the muck and the mire of whatever the season has for you. For me, it's just been a lot of trying to get over past, past grief and past trauma and past failures and past hurts. And I've kind of reached a point in my life where I decided that I wanted to follow God with all of my heart and to be completely submitted and given over to Him. And it was kind of at that time where that started becoming my focus that my life really started to get difficult. And maybe that kind of um, provoked some thoughts in your mind, like why you know, would you want to follow God if things get harder? Or why would a good God let things get harder? And I will say that those are good questions, but they're also common questions. So what I'm saying is that if that's what you're struggling with right now, if those are the things that are kind of coming into your mind about God, you're not the first person that has had those thoughts um, and you won't be the last. So it's common in the sense of, I think that everybody that has a relationship with the Lord at one point or another goes through a time in their life where they have all of these questions where the Bible says about God and our human understanding and then our spiritual maturity at the time kind of get in this conflict. And then when our life situations don't seem to add up to what we think that God should be, then we can really, really start to get frustrated and angry. And I've had a lot of time in the past two years really uh, being able to face that. And it's just been over and over and over again. And one of the things that stands out in my mind is about two and a half years ago, I felt so strongly that the Lord promised me children. And for those of you that don't know, I am unable to conceive naturally. So we had to do IVF, which is in vitro fertilization. And that in and and of itself was this huge mountain, super expensive, super involved, just super messes you up with all the, you know, hormones and stuff that you have to take. And there's a lot of risk. But the Lord opened up all of those doors. And so when we were going into it and everything was working out, 
I started to think subconsciously, but I started to think, see, this is why I follow the Lord. Because when you follow the Lord and you're faithful, then you get what you want. And that wasn't like in the forefront of my mind, but it's something that I gleaned understanding about the further I went along in this journey. And so when we lost our first son, it was absolutely just, there just aren't, there isn't words to describe the, the trauma. I mean, there isn't words to describe what that does to a person's faith. But the thing that I chose to do was I didn't choose to be all hunky-dory and just singing kumbaya and, uh, and praise the Lord. No, what I chose to do was I chose to be real with God. In that moment, I wasn't happy. I wasn't thankful. I wasn't pleased. I wasn't, I didn't think he did the right thing, which I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying I had all of those terrible thoughts. But what I didn't do is I didn't run away from the Lord. And through not running away from the Lord, through staying there in that mess that at the time I felt God created and that God caused and that God could have stopped, I stayed there and I wrestled with him until I reached a point of understanding. But here's the kicker. The understanding that I received wasn't about why God did what God did or why God allowed what God allowed because I stayed and stuck it out with God and I wrestled with him and I kept praying and I kept seeking even though I was hurt and even though I was mad what I came to understand was more about who God was why did we lose our son I can't tell you that I don't know why why didn't God save my son I can't tell you that. I don't know why. But what I do know is that God is good and he is faithful. And he is good and he is faithful despite the marriage that falls apart, despite the house that's foreclosed on, despite the diagnosis, despite the loss of a child. And so I slowly began to gain some spiritual ground that I had never had the ability to gain before that very terrible loss because I was never in a position, A, where I would be forced to make that big of a decision. And then two, or B, I was never in a position where I would have to face what's really going on inside of my heart. The thing is, is we have all of these preconceived notions and ideas about God, who he is, and what we think he should do, and what lines we think he should fit in. But we won't say them. They're just there, deep buried inside of us. And that's where, you know, you get your feelings of anger, or depression, or frustration when certain things happen, or you're irritated with God, or this, that, or the other thing, is because you have your own ideas of how God should operate and work and bless you and, you know, judge sin in the world, etc. And when we aren't ever put in a position where we really have to decide, Lord, do I really want to follow you? Do I really want to know you? Or am I just wanting salvation and heaven, but nothing else? And so when, when God 
it's a gift that he gives us, that he puts us in these positions where we really have to look at ourselves. And he puts us in those positions because on our own, we would never grow. On our own, we would always stay stagnant. On our own, we would always be the same wretched individuals that are so self-centered and so self-focused, thinking that God works for us. When really, the whole purpose of our Christian walk is to change into the image of God and to grow in our understanding of who he is. And God is not something or someone that you can fit in a box that makes sense in your mind. And that's the biggest, one of the biggest things that you can come to as a believer is the point where you can say the blessings of God and God's faithfulness are separate from what I am going through. Therefore, because I am suffering from cancer, divorce, mental illness, financial trouble, the loss of a child, the loss of a spouse, the loss of a job, that does not mean that God is not good. It means that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is good. It means that even though there is no fruit on the tree or figs on the vine or cattle in the stalls, that you can praise the name of the Lord. And that in me, that realization, that anchor for my soul, that light bulb that got switched on that, you know what, God is just really good and that's all there is to it didn't just pop out of nowhere. That was born in my deepest grief. And then get this, as soon as I got working, you know, worked through that to some extent, however well a parent that loses a child can work through it, it happened again. And not just one more time, but twice. I miscarried two more times in the following, uh, a year later in, in a six month period, back to back, I miscarried two times. And I can promise you that those babies were paid for by a lot of very powerful prayer warriors. And God heard our prayers. But God knows better than me. And so one of the questions that I said, if you struggle with the question, why would you serve or follow a God that lets these things happen? My answer would just have to be because life would still be hard without Jesus. And why do I think that because Jesus does something that I don't understand, that that makes him not good? And the very definition of what I just explained, that God's goodness is not tied to what happens in my life, then I have full confidence that if I trust that about God, then there's only two ways I can go. And that is that either God is faithful and I can trust him with my heart, or he is not and he is a liar. There isn't middle ground there. We like to play like there is, like there's somewhere you can be kind of in between, but it's not. 
with, with our relationship with God, we either take it seriously or we don't. We either trust God or we don't. And I'm not saying that there has to be this balance of being perfect. But what I'm saying is you're either actively pursuing God and then when you fall down, you get back up and you pursue him again. Or you are actively trusting God and then when you have a bout of, of doubting, you confess it, you get up and you go back to trusting. So it's not perfection, but it's perseverance. It's all of yourself following hard after God because I follow God because time and time and time again, I have seen him redeem me, redeem my life, redeem my pain. I am a better person because I suffered. And what I would basically be saying is, I'm only going to follow you, God, if I get what I want, I never suffer. I would just basically be saying, turn me into the most self-righteous, self-centered, arrogant, miserable human being you could possibly make. And I don't, I don't want to be that. Just even on my own, apart from anything else, I don't want to be that way. Everything about God is good. And if you're in a place where you're on the fence about believing that and you're scared to trust him with your heart, I understand that, friend. But I will say that if you don't jump off that cliff and dive into God's word, you're just never going to know. The worst thing you could do is to try it and it didn't work, which I know won't happen. But to not try it because you're afraid or to not try it because you're mad, those are foolish reasons not to pursue and wrestle out your feelings with the Lord because the anger that you have or the doubt that you have or the fear that you have right now, God welcomes it. He's not angry with you. He wants you like you are to come to him and to talk to him. He will show up. I know that he will because I have been where you are and I have cried out and I have sought after the Lord and he comes and he ministers to my spirit and he sends people my way. God loves you and life is hard with or without Jesus, but with Jesus, you have the king of the universe pursuing you. So what if life is hard? No one else is going to pursue you like that. No one else is going to come down from heaven and die for you or, and love you and offer himself up for you. You're foolish not to run to this Jesus and to never ever run away from him. He is a lifesaver. He is Abba Father, he is Redeemer, he is Healer, and he is worthy of our trust, and he is worthy of us knowing him Out of, based on everything that he's done for us. You are safe in the hands of Jesus, even if his answer is no, even if it doesn't align with what you wanted, even if it causes you pain. It's not something that's carelessly done. Jesus is holding you and he has a plan and a purpose 
and promises for your life. And he is going to use and do whatever is necessary, not to keep you comfortable and happy, but to keep you on the track to becoming the woman or man of God that he has created you to be. Your life is a testimony, if you will allow it, to the great goodness of Almighty God. Be different. Choose to stand on truth. Truth is not relative. Truth does not waver. God is truth. His word is truth. And he says, I am faithful. And if I promised it, I will do it. Cry out to God, it says in Psalms 57, who performs on my behalf, who rewards me, who brings to pass his purposes for me, he will surely complete them. He will send from heaven and save me from the slanderers and the reproaches of him who would seek to trample me down or swallow me up. The Lord God will put him to shame. Pause and think calmly of that. God will send forth his mercy, his loving kindness, and his faithfulness. Friend, it says that God will save you from the slanderers and the reproaches of him that would seek to trample you down and swallow you up. But your idea of saving you from, I'm assuming, was like my idea used to be, which means get the heck out of Dodge. And that's not what it means here in this passage. This passage means that it is because God is going to hold you together while you walk up to the slanderers and you live amongst the people that reproach you and you deal every day with the ones that want to put you down, trample you, and swallow you up. He is going to protect you and save you by helping you go through it so that you come out knowing God Almighty with a power and a reverency and a passion on fire trust for Him. So yes, He's going to bring deliverance, but He is going to do it in a way that heals you in such a complete way that you can't even imagine. And if you were just released from whatever it is that is making life hard right now for you, it would be sloppy seconds at best and mean at worst. God doesn't operate the way that we think he should, he should operate because his thoughts and his ideals and his plans and his mercy and his love are all above what we can conceive. So I want you tonight, today, wherever, whatever time it is where you're listening to this, I want you in the name of Jesus Christ to hold on. Go to God with every bit of who you are right now. If it's hot and it's mad, go to God hot and mad. If it's miserable and scared, go to God miserable and scared. Whatever, however you are, wrestle it out with God because, friend, He wants you. He came and He died for you. And He is longing to show Himself strong for you. You can do this because you have Almighty God with you. God is faithful. God is good. 
God is trustworthy. No matter what you lose, no matter what is taken, no matter what you face, God is good. He is trustworthy and he is faithful. And if you continue to trust, he is going to bring you out and blow your mind by what he has in store for you, because that is what he does. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting this podcast. It means the world to me. You can go to the blog at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com and there you can find the blog posts and encouragement. Um, and there's even a tab for the podcast now. And also you can um, support the podcast from the blog webpage on the contact me page if you feel uh, led to do that. And, uh, you know, there's a tab where you can subscribe to our newsletter and our uh, little Bible study email that we send out. So anyway, look over there anytime. And then the store is at store.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com. Again, I sell my art on that site. And I'm available if you want to message me on the work email attached to the page there. Um, anything that you're wanting, I do a lot of custom work and would be happy to do a piece that fits just what 